This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Hi, this is Dr. Kathleen Kavorik, and I'm here on Real Presence Live with you, and we are fanning the flames of the Holy Spirit this morning. Our theme for today is following the star, and we're really going to talk about um, the call of the Lord, and uh, for you listeners, would you leave all to follow him? Um, I have with me Father Ed Von Orney, and he is uh, going to tell you a little bit about his unique call. So as as we begin, um, Father Ed, and I have to tell you all, all you listeners, Father Ed told me that he actually used to work on radio. And his, oh, yeah. his name is Edward Joseph, so they called him E.J. the DJ. E.J. the DJ. Yes. So we have E.J. the DJ here with us uh, this morning, which is great. So, Father Ed, would you just give us a little snapshot about who you are? And tell them how to pronounce your name correctly, since I've been doing it Well, you pronounced it right. Did I do okay? Yeah, it's, it, the last name is Va Norni, V-A. N-O-R-N. All right. It's, Not it's, Van it's Orny, which I have always yeah. called him. Dad would always <laughs> correct us. You are not Dutch. You are not Van Orny. You are Van Orny. <laughs> so tell us about yourself, Father Ed. Uh, okay, there's a lot, but I'll, I'll, I'll just no, give just you... No, just give us the snapshot. Where, where, I, where, where, where I came from was a little, a little town of Polo, South Dakota, which is in the northeast part of the state near places like Redfield and Miller, uh, born and raised on, on a farm. My, my folks were farmers. I am one of nine children. I am the oldest of seven boys in the family, and I have two, two sisters. But I, I was never interested in farming, so I took off and did lots of other things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you, you weren't yeah. going to stay on the family farm. Yeah, and Dad did not encourage it either. Yeah, because it was it, it was a tough life. So, and none of us did. Oh, none of you none did. Of us did no. Wow. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. it is. <laughs> yeah, you were sharing when we talked the other day, Father Ed, that you actually entered the seminary in high school. Yep. Can you tell us a little uh, bit about that? Growing up, I I had the, and I don't know that anyone ever said this to me, but I had the impression that the oldest son of a Catholic family was to be a priest. So I was the oldest son. So as I entered the, my freshman year of high school, I, I went to my folks and I suggested that maybe I should be a priest. And they agreed. And they got our pastor, who was a religious priest with the Oblates of Mary Immaculate, uh, to visit with me. And he got me lined up with a high school seminary for the Oblates down in Carthage, Missouri. And as I entered my sophomore year, off I went to Carthage, Missouri. It's like I had no say in it whatsoever. I just was sent. <laughs> so I, I spent the next five years in Carthage, Missouri with their high school seminary. And then I, I did two years of pre-theology. And then the Oblates did a year of novitiate which was a year of silence, prayer, uh, reflection, meditation, especially discernment uh-huh. for all the guys 
to discern whether or not they're on the right path. And at the end of that year, I discerned that, nope, this is this is not where I need, I want to be. Yeah. I'm not ready for this. Uh-huh. And it just wasn't right for me. So I left uh-huh. in 1966. All right. At and- 21 years of age. And then what did you do after that time, Father Ed? Well, I got back home and uh, wasn't sure what to do with my life. But during my summer months in the novitiate, which was in Godfrey, Illinois, I had done some work in a summer camp with uh, children with developmental disabilities and mental retardation. And that really interested me. I, Uh I enjoyed my work there. So I decided to apply for a job in Redfield, which is where they had, in those days, the Redfield State Hospital and School for the Mentally Retarded. Uh And in those days, they had 1,200 residents in that hospital and school. So I went to work there. Uh Uh, Really enjoyed it. I was there for three years, and friends began to... Began to encourage me to, you know, you should think about going on to further your, your education. Uh-huh. You're very good at this, working with persons with mental, mental, with mental retardation, developmental disabilities. Why don't you get a teaching degree and work in special education? So in 69, I left and went to Northern State University in Aberdeen to... Uh-huh get my degrees in elementary and special education. Oh, wonderful. Yep. Wonderful. That's that's a neat part of your early So from there, I, I spent the next 24 years teaching special education. Just loved it. And, <laughs> and you got married in that time. Yep. You had in, two in, daughters. In the midst of it all, I, I ended up getting married. Uh, we have two daughters from that marriage. Um, they both live in Des Moines now. And we see each other pretty regular. We visit a lot on the phone, yeah. So that was a good part of my life, too. Yes, and, yes. Uh, yeah. You were uh, you are a very <clears throat> positive guy, so I, I'm <laughs> sure that is just the way that you frame it, too. And, you know, and it is interesting how we can see God's goodness in everything, even in the difficult yep. seasons, which yep. we will get into in yeah. a little while. <laughs> so if we jump ahead a little bit, I would like to hear more about your call to the priesthood, Father Ad. Yeah. Um, you, you were, but before that, if you would kind of share with us your involvement in the parish, because you were very, very involved in your parish yeah. at the time. Tell us some of the ministries. That in 1979 you... is when uh, my wife and I divorced. Uh-huh. And with that, I moved to Winter, South Dakota. Uh-huh. I had been teaching elementary and special education. But I was looking to get a job to work with adults with mental retardation. In winter, they had an adjustment training center like uh, Black Hills Works here in Rapid City, that kind of thing. Uh I applied there and I got the job. So I moved to winter in August of 1979. Uh, Didn't know anybody in winter. And... I moved in on a Friday, and Friday afternoon I decided I'll just walk over to the parish rectory and 
introduced myself, and uh-huh. I did. Father Joe Zeller was the pastor there at the time. Yeah. And I happened to mention that I played guitar, and I did music for liturgy. And I, if, 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 if he wouldn't mind, I would like to help out. Yeah. Well, he said, we need a musician for Saturday night mass, so come on over. So I got started in the music ministry right away that, in, in the parish in winter. That is great. And I know, Father Ed, because I've heard you on your guitar. What a gift to the I, Holy Spirit I know. I just that love music it. Yeah. is in I'm your so life. He, he got me going with that, yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, when, when, you're, when you're in that gifting, I just mm-hmm. think, People feel the Lord. Yep. You know, it's an amazing gift yeah. to the Holy Spirit. And sure. as the years went on, I got involved with uh, another uh, another guy and me. We took over the confirmation program in the Winter Parish. Uh, I was very active in the music ministry, uh, very active in youth ministry. Uh, I, I was also invited by our pastor. All of the pastors in all the churches in Winter would invite lay people to come to the uh, ministerial association meetings. Oh. So Father Joe Zeller and, and the priests after that, they all invited me to come. And it was out of that experience that I found out from all of them that they felt that all of the adults in their different churches really could benefit from some kind of adult faith formation, education in their faith. Because and this was there was nothing going on in any parishes to work with adults with mental retardation. Yes. So out of that, I and a couple of other people in Winter, we developed a religious education program for adults with developmental disabilities. Oh, how and we would beautiful! Meet once a month, and it was just thrilling. Oh, I bet, I bet yeah. it was. And, and, and the pastors in town were just excited that that. Uh, somehow now their their parishioners were were being uh, fed that, in, yes. their, in their faith, yeah, and and that you came together to work on that. Yep, it was a uh, totally a ecumenical. <laughs> it's a totally ecumenical. Isn't it beautiful? Effort. I just yep, so was. love to see that, hear that. It, it truly you know was. those ecumenical yep. efforts, like Carol was just sharing about the yep. radio in Ireland yep. that exactly. Protestants and Catholics yep. came together to make that happen. Yep. How beautiful! How yep. and and how beautiful also that. All of you didn't think you had to reinvent the wheel and do your own program. Mm-hmm. That you, exactly. that you joined yeah. together. Um, I love that. I love that. And and yep. I, uh, we need to do more of that. I think yep, we sure do. Yeah, yeah. Sure it's do. beautiful to see. And I can just, I can just see on your face the joy that you had <laughs> oh, from yes. being involved in that. These are the that times is, of my life. Yeah, that is wonderful. Um, and around this time, Father Ed, they, I think that it was. Uh, Bishop Chaput, who of course now is Archbishop mm-hmm. Chaput, mm-hmm. had a program uh, going on in the parishes that was called "Called by Name." Called by Name. Yep. Would you tell us a little bit about that? Yep, that was that was the turning point. Uh, it was probably the summer of '89, as far as I recall. Anyway, Father Arnie Carey was our pastor in Winter at the time, and he he took the bishops. Uh, program and plugged in into our parish and so at each of the masses on one particular weekend he handed out little cards to everybody and they were to write a name or two on that card Uh of who they felt 
was being called by name to a vocation of priesthood or religious life. Well, that afternoon, after all the masses, uh, Father Arnie called me over to his office at the rectory, and he, I, I walked in, and he and I, we, I sat down, and he said, Ed, you want to guess whose name was on those cards more than any other name? <laughs> Yours. <laughs> were, were you surprised uh, or no, not? No, not. because over the years, I had many, many people with all of my involvement in the church, my involvement in the community of Winter, uh, they just kept encouraging me to look at the possibility of Becoming, a call to the priesthood. Yes. So well, I knew that the call was out there, and it was just coming and coming and coming, and, yes. and they all responded. And that had to really confirm things for you. So listeners, stay with us through our break that's mm-hmm. coming up so that you can hear more about <laughs> Father Ed's amazing call to the priesthood. Uh, this is Dr. Kathleen Kavorik. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hi, this is Mark Holcraft. And this is Dr. Joseph Holcraft. You know, Mark, Jesus asks 307 questions in sacred scripture. He has asked 183, of which he only answers three. What's the business with all of this questioning going on in the Bible? Well, Joe, there's a lot there, and we'll be ready to take that on. Tune in to hear about these questions and more on Awaken every second and fourth Wednesday at 7 a.m. Central here on Real Presence Radio Network. How do you know when someone may be contemplating suicide? I'm Father Chris Alar. This person will often exhibit certain warning signs, indicators such as their talk, like killing themselves or having no purpose in life, their behavior, like drug abuse, withdrawal from others, or abnormal sleep patterns, or their mood, like being depressed or having anxiety, can all be warning signs. So mental health professionals are now encouraging you to engage in dialogue with those who appear to be at risk. By talking openly about suicide, asking if they are okay, and listening to their feelings, you may save their life. To find out more, please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. Do you know a priest who has made a difference in your life or at your parish? One who has helped you through a loss, discern an important decision, or celebrated the sacraments with you and your family? Real Presence Radio would like to know about these amazing priests. Visit our website at realpresenceradio.com slash contact to nominate your priest. And each week on Real Presence Live, we will recognize one of our priests with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. Help us honor our fathers by nominating your priest today. This is Dr. Kathleen Kavorik, and I'm here uh, this morning with Father Ed, and he is just sharing with us a little bit about his journey to the priesthood and um, his involvement in a program that was called Called by Name. So, Father Ed, tell us 
tell us more about this program and your next okay. steps in your journey? It was Bishop Charles Chapu's effort at uh, encouraging more and more people to seriously take a look at the possibility of being called by name to priesthood or religious life or diaconate or any of those programs. Anyway, uh, our, our pastoring winner uh, put the program into the parishes for one weekend and I was the one being called by name by all of the, <laughs> most of the parishioners in Winter and Cologne. And uh, later that fall, Bishop Charles called together all the different people from all the parishes in western South Dakota who had been called by name by their parishes to come and meet with him and listen to other priests and religious people talk about vocations. So I went, and uh, I, but I, I still wasn't uh, so sure that this was mm-hmm. going to be for me. But on the drive home, I felt more and more that yes, this is what's happening. God is calling uh-huh. me by name. <laughs> and I, I remember so distinctly, I stopped in one of the rest areas and I sat there for a moment and I just spoke out loud to God. I said, if this is what you really want me to do, I'm going to do it. I'm going to say yes. But don't come to me two years down the road and say, nope, we don't need you now. <laughs> because I'm really going to be ticked off. Because you're asking me to leave a life and a work in winter that I just dearly love. Yes. And it's going to take a lot for me to say this yes. But But I'm saying it. Yes. You made the leap. Yes. So I did. And away we went. Wow. And did you do further discernment in the process? You were talking the other day about going to Blue Cloud Abbey and where you ran into a priest that had well, been your that, spiritual director. That came out of uh, my years of teaching elementary school. My, my first job after uh, graduation in 1973 was in special education on the Chippewa Turtle Mountain Indian Reservation in Belcourt, North Dakota, which is on the Canadian border near the Canadian Peace Gardens. Anyway. Right, and uh, that's where you had your radio job on the side. Yes, that's yes. where I was EJ the DJ. <laughs> and uh, the the Benedictine priests from Blue Cloud Abbey were the priests who took care of that, that parish up there. Uh-huh. And during the years that we were up there, uh, our, our marriage wasn't going the best. And uh, I encouraged my wife to join me in in going to see one of these priests, Father Guy Gao, uh, uh-huh. for some uh, counseling. Yes. In, in term, but she chose never to go. But I went a couple, three, mm-hmm. four times and, and really enjoyed his spiritual guidance for me. Well, fast ahead, <laughs> yeah, when, fast when I'm ready to be ordained a priest, I have to do a, a week-long retreat yes. uh, in preparation for ordination. And I decided to go to Blue Cloud Abbey to do my retreat yeah. and, and ask one of the monks there to be my spiritual director for that. Guess who they gave me? <laughs> Father Guy Gao. <laughs> you, you really came full circle and, with that and one. He thought, Isn't this How unique delightful. that I could give you counseling 
in your other vocation of marriage, and now you're asking for a spiritual direction from me in another vocation to priesthood. That, that <laughs> is was, so amazing. God's hand in that was really wonderful. <laughs> yes, yes, which, which that had to be wonderful at the time. Oh, yes. No doubts. Absolutely. As you yep. went forward on your journey. <laughs> it was perfect for me. Father Ed, you were saying the other day that uh, your ordination was really special, too, and that there was a particular line. Yeah. And would you share that with us? <laughs> and at the time, I didn't know that line was even spoken by anybody. But yeah. But I, I had mentioned that over the years, people in the winter parish, and, and even in the winter community, people were just encouraging me day after day, think about priesthood because you've got so many gifts and talents for priesthood. So they were constantly calling me by name. Well, anyway, in the ordination ceremony, when uh, the vocation director is called by the bishop to come up and present me for ordination, uh, the bishop asks him, do you know this man to be worthy And the response is, after inquiry among the Christian people, and that's just, wow. Yes, over so many years, these Christian people have been saying to the church, get this guy ordained. Yep. After inquiry among the Christian people, he has been found worthy. Did that just pierce Uh, your heart in the best way? Thank goodness for the winner, folks. <laughs> that, yep. that is delightful it, and, and yeah. really delightful to reflect how we call each other forward. I know, yeah. It's, it's an amazing process. So, if there so are. So, all any- these years, I, 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 I've hoped that all these guys coming to priesthood have realized how many people have been calling them by name and praying yes. to the Lord that they will answer. Right. Yes to this call. Yes. And and to all of us, all yeah. you listeners out there, we are all called by name mm-hmm. for various vocations, for various roles in the yeah. kingdom. So um, it's just beautiful when we can uplift each other that yep. way. There's a final part, Father Ed, of your story that I, I want to hear just a little bit about. Um, and for the listeners, Father Ed had a brain aneurysm that was yes. very, very serious. And um, he had an amazing recovery. And he he doesn't remember any of his time when he was in the ICU for months. Um, and then he ended up doing rehabilitation at the cathedral and then moving into hospital chaplaincy. And in just the minute we have left, Father Ed, can you just share what a blessing that was in your life, the hospital chaplaincy? I'll back up for just a moment. After after the aneurysm, after one year, the doctor in Mayo Clinic called me back and and said, we need to uh, do a refresher on you. Well, we did it. I'm looking good. And she said, it's not going to be in your medical records, but you had a miracle with this. <laughs> so I, And I took that miracle into hospital ministry yes. in working with so many other folks, uh, dealing with so many injuries and diseases and so many problems in their health lives. And that miracle 
served me so well for about six years until the bishop sent me back out to to active parish work again. <laughs> yes, but, I, I bet you were a miracle to all those you ministered I to. know I was, because <laughs> I've had too many people tell, tell me you that, that you were a miracle for yes. this and this and this. Yes. We're we're going to now go to Eli in our Fargo studio to tell us about the upcoming events on Real Presence Live. Hey, thanks, Kathleen. Great show today. Got another good one coming up next Monday morning, 9 to 11 a.m. Central here on the Real Presence Radio Network. That'll be hosted by Brad Gray and Janine Bitson coming to you live from our Fargo studios. They'll visit with Deb McManaman from St. Paul's Street Evangelization, talking about what does evangelization look like. Plus, Suzanne Lott will... Tell us how she's the first consecrated virgin in her diocese. Plus, Bishop Andrew Cousins from the Diocese of Crookston will tell us about the the symbolism behind his coat of arms. You won't want to miss that. That's all coming up 9 to 11 a.m. Central next Monday morning here on the Real Presence Radio Network. Right back to you. So thank you all for staying with us. I'd like to end our session um, with a little prayer about the Feast of the Epiphany from Jennifer Hubbard. And then Father Ed, who I'm so grateful he's been here to share his story, yes. he will end he will end our time together with a prayer. Um, so I want to begin with the prayer from Jennifer Hubbard on the Feast of the Epiphany. Their mission was clear, their obedience and trust undeniable. We saw his star at its rising and have come to do him homage, from Matthew 2.2. They followed his star, brilliant and unmistakable, still and silent, revealed in the night sky. They followed his star and paid homage to the King of Kings. I soak in the essence of what the Magi's mission offers and remind myself clarity comes in retrospect. I know where the star will lead and who they will encounter, and yet in that day... And on their quest, they go to a place they do not know and encounter a king they could not have possibly imagined. And we will end this with a little prayer of blessing from Father Ed for us. Yes. Let's bow and ask God's blessing. May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come upon each and every one of you and remain with you forever. Amen. Amen. Thank you for being with us here on Royal Presence Live. This is Dr. Kathleen Kavorik, and just wishing you blessings on your day. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence Radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.